0: man his word is true isn't it we can trust it he never lies he is not a man that he should lie we can trust every single bit of it and so thankful for that tonight let's take our bibles tonight and turn we're going to turn somewhere tonight Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12 tonight. I mentioned this this morning, we're not coming here tonight because I mentioned it this morning. We're here because it's our next passage in our study in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 12. and I like to begin reading in verse number 5 of Hebrews chapter number 12. The Bible says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. By the way, chastening is for children. It's not for those who aren't children. God chastens His children. You chasten your children. In verse 7, If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits? And live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but He for our profit, that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby." Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed. And I want us to notice in verse number 11 and for the next few moments I want to preach to us on this subject. Joyous? No. Righteous? Yes. Joyous? No. Righteous? Yes. The Bible says in verse number 11, "...now no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless. Nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby." And I want to give us several truths in this passage tonight. And if you're taking notes tonight, I, I do have a little bit more lengthy outline tonight than I've had recently. But if you're taking notes, if you'll stay with me, I'm going to try to go as quickly as I possibly can tonight. I want to speak to us on this matter of discipline and on this matter of chastening tonight. We've heard these before. We've been in this passage before. But I want to be a help to us tonight. I, 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 don't, I want to be a help, yes, but more than that, God wants to be a help to you tonight from His Word. God's Word is always a help if we'll listen to it. I had two messages. Boy, I just... Tonight, I, and one of them was along that line. Why did you ask if you're not going to listen? But we're not preaching that tonight. But we kind of are because God is speaking to us tonight. So let's listen. Why do we ask if we're not going to listen? Why does God speak and then we just... Uh... He said, it's not joyous, it's grievous. But it is profitable. And it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of of righteousness. Joyous? No. Righteous? Yes. Father, help and teach us tonight. Father, help us to be very clear with your word tonight. And Father, I pray pray that we'll take what you have for us tonight. Why? Not what this man has. I have nothing. But Father, your word has everything. And Father, I pray that tonight You'd remove and move aside the arm of flesh. And I pray that every single person here tonight, from the speaker to the hearer, Father, I pray that we would be yielded to Your Spirit. I pray that we would listen and hear. And Father, I I do pray that we would be not just hearers, but Father, that we would be doers. Help us not to be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word as well. And so, Father, teach us, remind us, help us tonight, strengthen us, empower us, do in us tonight what only Your grace can. May we accept it. May we see it for what it is. And, Father, we'll thank and praise You. We commit these next few moments to You. We ask that You bless them in a special way. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me give you number one tonight if you're taking notes, even if you're not, if you're taking mental notes. You know, sometimes you might ask, why, why does... And not, not, Look, not every pastor does it this way, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be that way. God doesn't give us necessarily a specific way... But you may ask, why, why does pastor always go three points, sub points, and he tries to alliterate and all that? Here's why. Here's, here's the main reason for plainness, for structure, to be able to walk through a passage as best we possibly can and have some structure and have some plainness. And so tonight I want to give you three main thoughts. We'll develop those quite a bit. And so if you're taking notes, let me give those to us tonight. Even if you're not, please listen. Please take mental notes tonight. Let me give you number one. I want us to see, first of all, the precepts exercised. The precepts exercised. We see in verse uh, verse number where's, where's the, verse number 11, we read just a moment ago. He says, Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised. Thereby, that that means that it's it's used a lot. That that means it's exercised. You know, you know what it means to exercise. It means to put forth some effort. It, it means to go and to to walk and expend energy and exercise whatever uh, your exercise may be. The idea here, what he's speaking of here, is discipline. He is speaking of chastening, and he's specifically speaking of chastening from the Heavenly Father to us as His children, as believers, as blood-bought children of God. That's specifically what He is speaking about here in Hebrews chapter number 12. He is speaking of the fact that us, that we as children, His children, as Christians, we receive chastening when we're not right. When we sin, when we get away from Him, when we're not obedient to Him, there is chastening. But He's also giving us the example, He's teaching us, uh, of the earthly discipline the earthly family if you will he says in verse number 9 furthermore we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence shall we excuse me shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live and so first of all i want us to see the precepts exercise the precepts for discipline that we must exercise are the precepts exampled and given by our heavenly father and are found in his word and so I want us to look at this idea we mentioned it this morning I want us to just briefly this morning by way of illustration but I want us to look at it tonight because again we live in 2023 and biblical discipline is shunned and mocked and scoffed at today But if you want to be successful in your family as a mom and dad, you might be here tonight and say, I don't have any kids left at home. This isn't for me. Well, your kids may be gone, but you may have some grandkids one of these days. And by the way, I'm not... please, Please, this passage isn't just for a mom and dad upon this earth disciplining children. Don't miss the message here. This passage is the Heavenly Father chastening His children. Don't miss that tonight. And so if you're a child of God tonight, this is for you. Don't miss it. Number one tonight, the precepts exercise. First of all, we see the model of discipline. The model of discipline. Our Heavenly Father chastens His children. Earthly fathers are to follow the pattern. Okay? The Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father chastens His children. Verses 5 through 9, earthly fathers are to follow the pattern. Discipline ought to be important to us because it is important to God. Okay, it's important to God. By the way, it's mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter number 3. One of the qualifications of a pastor is that that he rules his house well. Now by the way, no pastor is ever going to be perfect in that because he's still in his flesh. But one of the qualifications is that he rules his house well. And so if it's important to God, it ought to be important to us. The model of discipline. Number two, the mandate of discipline. The mandate of discipline. Hold your place here in Hebrews 12. Find your place in Proverbs chapter number 19 and hold your place. If you have a piece of paper, a pen, or something, hold your place in Proverbs because we're going to be back and forth a little bit between Proverbs and Hebrews chapter number 12 tonight. The mandate of discipline. We have the model of discipline. Our Heavenly Father chastens His children. Earthly fathers are to follow the pattern, are to follow the model. Number two, the mandate of discipline. Proverbs chapter number 19 Verse number 18, the mandate comes from God. The mandate comes from the very mouth of God. The mandate comes from God's Word. Proverbs chapter number 19, verse number 18, the Bible says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. That is a mandate from Almighty God. Look at at Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23 and verse number 13. It doesn't matter what any philosopher says today. It doesn't matter what any family member says today. By the way, it doesn't matter what a pastor says today. It matters what God's Word says. Proverbs 23 and verse number 13, "...withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall... Not die. And so number one, we have the model of dis- excuse me, discipline. Number two, we have the mandate of discipline. We're speaking about the precepts exercised. The precepts exercised. And we're speaking about the precepts of discipline and specifically the precepts that God models and shows to us and patterns to us. The model, the mandate. Number two, the motives of discipline. You know, the greatest motive of discipline is simply this, obedience. As a, as a mom and a dad, the greatest motivation... To discipline my children is to be obedient to God. The motives of discipline. Look, if you will, actually let me read. Uh, Turn to Proverbs chapter 3, if you would. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 6, the Bible says, For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. The motives of discipline. First of all, discipline demonstrates our love. It demonstrates, first of all, God's love for us, doesn't it? God loves us enough not to let His children stray too far, right? The first demonstration of love is the Heavenly Father loves His children. So the motives of discipline, first of all, it demonstrates our love. And by the way... It demonstrates His love for us. It demonstrates our love for our children. But then also, it demonstrates my love for Him also because I'm being obedient. If you love me, keep my commandments, okay? So when God gives us a mandate to discipline, if I obey that, I am demonstrating that love to Him. Proverbs chapter number 3 is where... I had you turn. First of all, it demonstrates, speaking of the motives of discipline, discipline demonstrates our love. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of His correction. For whom, we, we just read this in Hebrews chapter 12, For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth, even as a father the son in whom He delighteth. Chapter number 13 of the book of Proverbs in verse number 24. Proverbs 13 in verse number 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Listen, it is foolish, it is arrogant. Any word you want to use there for a Christian who knows better, who knows the Word of God, or at least this, who has someone come from the Word of God, and show them what the Word of God says, how arrogant for us to say, you know what, that was okay back then, and that was okay for my mom and dad, and how they raised me, but that's not good enough for my kids. That's arrogant. By the way, that's disobedient. But but it's also arrogant. Discipline demonstrates our love. Proverbs 13, again, verse 24, He that spareth his rod, hateth his son, But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. We hear people say, well, I love my child too much to discipline them. I love my child too much to spank them. Listen, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you hate them. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says, he that loveth him. By the way, I know this is a message kids don't like. Because it reminds mom and dad of what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe mom and dad have let up a little bit. Woo, man. We've had, we've had some respite for a while, the kids say. And mom and dad get reminded, but mom and da- moms and dads, we need reminding sometimes, don't we? He said, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Discipline demonstrates our love. Secondly, dim- excuse me, discipline drives away their foolishness. The motives of discipline. Discipline demonstrates. Discipline drives away. Their foolishness, Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22 and verse number 15. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Look, children are going to be foolish, aren't they? Children are going to do foolish things. They need the rod of correction to drive that out. I was listening to a, a pastor a few weeks ago, probably about three weeks ago, and he, he, he just made a comment about all of this stuff that's going on with, with, with the transgender and, and how we are allowing children to transition. And he said, look, kids are going to have foolish thoughts. Kids are going to think about things. And they're going to have foolish thoughts. It's up to the adults to help them through that period and, and, and drive the foolishness out of them. Not to acquiesce to it, not, not to uh, condone it, not to confirm it, but to drive that foolishness out of them. Because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Discipline demonstrates our love. These are the motives of discipline so that I can demonstrate my love, so that I can drive away their foolishness. Thirdly, discipline delivers their soul. Proverbs chapter number 23, verses 13 and 14. Discipline delivers their soul. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. The Bible is not condoning here for you to harm your children. But the Bible is condoning for you to discipline your children. The last part of verse number 14 says, shall deliver his soul from hell. You know what discipline helps? The the subject matter that discipline helps in. It helps children to see that there are consequences for sin. And it helps them to see that, you know what, there are consequences at home for being disobedient to mom and dad. And thus, you know what, there are probably going to be consequences for me being disobedient to God. And the Bible says it delivers their soul. It helps them to understand that they need a Savior. By the way, not only does it deliver their soul in the matter of salvation, but it also delivers them from getting into things that would cause them harm physically. It delivers them physically, it delivers them. It helps them to stay away from places they ought to stay away from. It helps them not to be in places that could possibly end up causing wrong place, wrong time. It keeps them away from those places. The Bible says shall deliver his soul from hell. Discipline demonstrates our love. It drives away foolishness. It delivers their soul. And then number four, it directs their path. Proverbs 22.6 It charts their course. Train up a child in the way he should go, excuse me, go and when he is old he will not depart from it. Train carries the idea to cause to take a desired course. To cause to take a desired course. It directs Their path. Here here, here should be the desire of every mom and dad for their children is that their children make it safely to the other side. That's the desire. First of all, that they make it safely to heaven, but they make it safely through this life when, when all is said and done is that they make it to the other side safely. It directs their path it demonstrates our love it drives away foolishness it delivers their soul it directs their path so we see the model we see the mandate we see the motives number 4 we see the manner of discipline the manner of discipline the bible says there in hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 6 for whom the lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth the manner of discipline two things here number 1 with a rod number 2 with a resolve number 1 with a rod number 2 with a resolve now, people argue about what the rod is. Some people, well, I use a belt. Some people, I use, you know, and, and there's different arguments about what the rod is. But the Bible says a rod, there ought to be something that is used to administer discipline on a child. And by the way, God has given a child a soft spot for that as the area for that to be administered to. See, none of y'all are saying amen because we're on live stream, and, y- and y'all don't want anybody to know you agree with that. But God has given that place. Now, if you were in my home, that wasn't the only place that got it, but God has given a place. The manner of discipline with a rod. Let me give you the verses. We've already read some of them. Proverbs 10, 13. Proverbs 20, 30. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. 15. Proverbs twenty-three, thirteen and fourteen, and then Proverbs twenty nine, fifteen, the manner of discipline with a rod, and then secondly with resolve. You're still in Proverbs again, look at Proverbs nineteen, verse eighteen. We read this just a moment ago, with resolve. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. If if a child needs discipline, don't let his crying cause you not to discipline. There must be resolve. That doesn't mean we don't administer mercy every now and then. Our kids need to learn mercy. But don't let their fake crying keep you from administering that which they need. You all know what I'm talking about because we did it as children, didn't we? We're crying and we're, we're, we're going crazy before the rod has ever even come out, right? Right? The manner of discipline, with a rod, with resolve. Here's, here's a key word, there must be consistency. That's the word. And by the way, that's true in every area of our life, isn't it? Whether it's discipline, whether it's Bible reading, whether it's prayer time, communion with God, we could go, I mean, your jobs, consistency. Consistency. That, that's a key word. With resolve, there must be consistency There are many times my wife left a cart of groceries in Walmart or a grocery store and went to the van. Sometimes when she came back it was still there, sometimes it wasn't, it was okay. Consistency. You do something, you're going to get disciplined. Oh, but boy, it just, it just upsets the apple cart and it upsets our life and oh, it just upsets our schedule and we've got to stop and, and stop and discipline and stop and discipline and stop and discipline. Yeah. Consistent. Number five. Number one, there's the model. Number two, there's the mandate. Number three, there's the mode. And by the way, the Lord does all of this to us. If He gave it to us, you can guarantee He does it to us. The manner. And then number five, The moments. Early, often, while there is hope. Proverbs 22, 6, again, train up a child in the way he should go. and When he is old, he will not depart from it. Early, train up a child. Early, number two, often. We already read it, Proverbs 13, verse number 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times, the moments of discipline. Early, often. Thirdly, we already read this one as well, Proverbs nineteen eighteen. while there is hope. Chasten thy son while there is hope and let not thy soul spare for his crying. By the way, early and often will result in less later. You get it early and often, it'll be less later. Early and often means it'll be less later. When your son's 13 or 14 or 15 and he is cursing you to your face, I don't know. It's kind of tough then. It's kind of tough then. That's why early and often is important. Early and often and while there is hope. All right, let me ask you. Is God is God a liar? Is God's word true? Every bit of this is God's word. Every bit of it. Number 1, the precepts exercise. Number 2, the pain experienced. Number two, the pain. And this is what throws most of us off. Number two, the pain experienced. Number one, the precepts exercised. Number two, the pain experienced. Verses 11 through 13 of Hebrews chapter number 12. Verses 5 through 9, He is speaking. By the way, let's back up. I don't want to miss this before we move on to number two. Look at verse number eight. And I'm not trying, look, I'm not I'm not trying to focus on this word. We've made this a we've made it a curse word. I know that. And I'm not trying to fixate on it whatsoever, but I want to make a point right here. He says in verse number eight, but if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, he he he's telling them, look, chastening, if you're receiving chastening, that's a good thing. That means you're a son, that means you're one of the fathers, that means you're one of God's. But He said, if you aren't receiving chastisement, then are ye bastards and not sons. Let me ask you this tonight, daddies. Why would you you teach and train your son that he's not yours? He's yours. He lives in your house. But you train him as if he's not yours. And you teach him by your actions... You're not mine. The Bible says I'm supposed to chasten my children. I don't chasten you. You're not mine. Now we would never say that. We would we'd like, oh, Pastor, I can't, even, I can't even believe you think that. That's what we do when we disobey God's Word. We are showing our children hey, you're not really my son. Because if you were really my son, I would discipline you because I love you. Because I want you to make it safely to the other side. Number one, the precepts exercise. Number two, the pain experience. Verse number eleven. Now no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteous, righteousness. Excuse me, unto them which are excuse me, unto them which are exercised thereby, those who are exercised by discipline. That means mom and dad, or that means. Our Heavenly Father is exercising us with discipline. It's not joyous, is it? Is it fun? No, I mentioned just a moment ago. It it taxes our schedules sometimes. We we have to stop what we're doing if we're going to be consistent. We, we, We some days it just feels like that's all we might do. Look, I I know that. It's not joyous. The pain exercised. Discipline is not joyous, discipline is grievous. And thirdly, discipline is strenuous. Notice what he says in verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees. There were some Christians who were receiving chastisement. And they were a little feeble about it. Maybe even a little angry at God about it. Verse 13, he says, And make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. It's the Word of God. It's, it's discipline that heals that which is wounded or that which is wrong. It heals it. That which is sick is made whole by the Word of God by discipline. And sometimes applying it to us as moms and dads and as children of God, sometimes when the chastening comes, We do get a little feeble and our hands do hang down a little bit. But God is telling them and Paul is telling them here, it's for your good. Hang in. You know, moms and dads, hang in there. It's for your good and it's especially for your children's good. The pain exercise, it's not joyous. Matter of fact, it's grievous. Let not thy soul spare for their crying. Doesn't it hurt you sometimes when they're crying? And you're having to discipline when your children get a little bit older. And maybe, maybe you take that thing that is most precious to them and you take it away for a while. Well, that's not joyous for anybody, it's grievous, it's strenuous. The Bible says in verse 13 verses 12 and 13, "Lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lamed be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. The precepts exercise the pain experienced. The thrust of these verses for the believer is to keep running the race and for the believer not to quit. Yes, there may be times of chastening, but get that right with the Father and allow the Father to get get you right and then get right with Him and keep running the race. By the way, what did we we start with in chapter 12? Looking, verse 2, verse 1, we have a race to run. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Sometimes we're not running the race the way that we should. Sometimes we're not running it because of the weights and because of the sin and God Almighty, our Father in heaven has to bring some chastisement. Hey, you could be running that race a little better. Get rid of those weights. Get, get rid of that sin which doth so easily beset you, and there's some cha- that that's the context of this whole chapter. He says which doth so easily beset you. And then in verses 12 and 13, he says, But let it rather be healed, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, not running the race off the track. Let it be healed. The pain experienced. Discipline is not joyous. It is grievous. And it is strenuous. Look, we've mentioned this verse many, 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 many many, many times. But in Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse number 7, the great passage on... Parents and their children. It tells parents that they are to diligently teach their children. Okay, what does the word diligent there mean? Anybody know? Say that again. Priority, continuous. There you go. Nathan nailed. It. Oh, th- those are right. Absolutely. Priority, continuous. But Nathan nailed it on the head. Here's what diligent in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. Here's the idea. Painstaking effort. Diligent. Painstaking effort. Sometimes it's strenuous, isn't it? And if you have little ones right now, when they're little, it's easy. You just tell them what to do. And by the way, you should. You tell them what's right. You tell them what's wrong based on the Word of God. You tell them what's right. You tell them what's wrong. And you make sure they do it. Okay, when they start to get a little bit older, they're going to start asking questions. Why? By the way, as long as it's not disrespectful and irreverent, that's an okay question. And you ought to be ready to answer it. Why can't I do that? Now, if they come with a disrespectful and an irreverent attitude about it, then we have to deal with that too, don't we? But if they come with an honest question, you know, Dad, I, I'm not going to do it because you told me not to do it. But can I ask you why we don't do it? And you take them to the Word and show them. Hey, this is why we don't do that. This is why we do this and why we don't do that. Number one, there are precepts exercised. Number two, there's pain that is experienced. It's going to be pain. It's not joyous, it's not grievous, or excuse me, it is grievous, it is strenuous. But then number three, this is, this, this is why it's worth it. Number one, the precepts exercised. Number two, the pain experienced. But number three, the profit, P-R-O-F, Not P-R-O-P-H-E-T. P-R-O-F-I-T. The prophet expected. And if we'll do what the Word of God says, we can expect it. Why can we expect it? Because His Word is true. The prophet expected. Notice what he says again in verses 10 through 13. For they verily for a few days chastened us, after their own pleasure. But He, speaking of our Heavenly Father, for our what? Prophet. That we might be partakers of His holiness. That we, as we spoke about this morning, that we might be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, you're getting off track a little bit. Hey, you're not running the race right. Hey, the the, the weights are holding you back. The sin's besetting you. Hey, you need to get some of those right. I have to bring some chastening into your life. But hey, you need to bear it because it's going to be good for you. It's going to make you profitable. That's the same with our children. It is not joyous. It is grievous. It is strenuous sometimes. But we have to understand as the adults in the room that it is profitable. It's worth it. Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, does it? In our flesh, sometimes it does not feel that way, does it? No, it doesn't. It feels like, well, this kid's never going to get it. You know what God says? He says, keep doing what I say. Keep doing what I say. He says in verse number 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, I don't this this is it right here. Nevertheless, afterward, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, 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 afterward. After we have exercised the precepts, after God has exercised them on us, after we have exercised them as parents and they have been exercised on our children. The Bible says, nevertheless, afterward, remember what we spoke about? What we mentioned even Wednesday night, Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8, three words. Three words we ought to remember when we study Joshua 1 8. Study, submit, and what's the third one? Success. You can't have the third one without the first two, and you can't skip either one of the first two. Study. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Study. Submit that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Thirdly, success. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You can't skip the first two. Is that hard? Is study hard? Oh, yeah. Is studying the Word of God hard? Sometimes it is. It's, it's just constant. It's, it's, sometimes it does feel strenuous. Is it hard sometimes to submit to the Word of God? Oh, not sometimes, lots of times. But those first two lead to the third one, the success. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of what? Righteousness. Unto them which are exercised thereby. The prophet expected. When the precepts are exercised, we can expect righteous fruit. When the precepts are not exercised, we can expect rotten fruit. When the precepts are exercised, when the pain is experienced, we can expect righteous fruit, partakers of holiness. By the, by the way, if you're still there in Proverbs, look at chapter number 11. We're almost done. Oh, we're, we're going to... Uh, I better be quiet. I don't want to te- speak too soon. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perisheth. But notice this. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. And hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. Let me ask you something. Is the city of Chicago rejoicing tonight? Why not? Because now there's not a whole lot of righteousness that lives there. And there's probably a whole lot of used to be kids who are adults now that the precepts weren't exercised, the pain wasn't experienced, and so now there's no profit. There's no righteousness, it's just rotten. But it says in verse number 10, When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. When the precepts are exercised, we expect, we can expect righteous fruit. Verse number 18 in chapter 11, The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. They that are ever forward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are His delight. though hand joined in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the end, excuse me, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Number one tonight we have the precepts exercised. the model, the mandate, the motives, the manner, the moments. Number two, we have the pain experienced. It's not joyous. By the way, it's not joyous when God has to discipline us, is it? By the way, it's not joyous for him either. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we sin. Let, let me ask you, now, how, much, how much grief do we give the Holy Spirit? How much sin do we take the Holy Spirit with us to? Because He goes with us, doesn't He? The pain experienced. Oh, but the prophet exercised. It said, It shall yield, nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of Of righteousness. But hey, don't miss that last part either. Unto who? Unto them. Unto them which are exercised thereby. Well, I just hope my kids by default just make it. Well, you by default have probably already set their course that they're not going to make it. No, no, no. Unto them which are exercised thereby. Pastor, I just believe those are are old, outdated methods. I believe we have smarter people today. I believe we have smarter methods today. And those are the methods I use to deal with my children. So you're telling me there's somebody smarter than God? Is that what you're telling me tonight? We know better, don't we? So if we know that God's word is true and that God cannot lie, He is not a man that He can lie, then tonight may we not just be hearers of the word, but may we be doers. Joyous? No. Righteous? Yes. For us, as children of God, not joyous when we have to be chastened by God, but righteous, fruitful, profitable, absolutely. Joyous, mom and dad, when you have to discipline children? No. Righteous? Yes. Righteous? Absolutely. Peaceable fruit of righteousness? Yes. So it's up to us tonight. What do we want? What fruit do we want? What fruit do we want? Righteous fruit or rotten fruit? Righteous or rotten? We want our children to be healthy, don't we? We feed them. We make them brush their teeth. We make them take a shower every day. We give them medicine if they need it. We want them to be physically healthy. We want them to be smart. We, we send them to school or we teach them at home, whatever you do. We want them to be smart. We, we give them education. Okay, in the same vein and a million times more, God help us to have a desire for them to be profitable. Spiritually. I'm going to tell you, dear friend, I I want some of these young men that that grow up here, I want them to be preachers. Now if God calls them to do something else, that's fine. But our world is not getting better, it's getting worse. We need people to go tell people that there's a Savior who died for them and that'll take them to heaven. They don't have to go to hell. And we need parents who are going to help their kids... To see that that is important, we need young ladies who are going to be preachers' wives and missionary wives and just good godly laymen, deacons' wives. You need to teach them early. And don't think you'll be perfect, you'll fail. Just get it right with the Lord and go forward. So, Lord, I failed, I need mercy, I need mercy. And just go forward. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Help us. We're in need of your help. Whether it's us as your children, Lord, help us to take, help us to receive. That's a better word, Lord, help us to receive your chastening. And Lord, help us to receive it with gratefulness because that's just an evidence that we're your children. And Lord, in the same vein, may we be, may we follow that pattern. May we follow that model. May we be obedient to the Word that You've given to us as earthly fathers and mothers. Help us tonight, Lord. I I don't know hearts. I don't know needs tonight, Lord. You do. If there's someone here tonight that needs to be saved, Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit is working in their heart right now and I pray that they would be saved. I pray for believers tonight. Maybe there are some believers in here tonight who are dealing with some chastening. Lord, I pray that simply they'll confess it, get it right. I pray that they're, they're... their weary hands, their, their feeble hands and their, and their feeble knees, Lord, I, I pray that You'll strengthen them tonight just because simply they get things right with You tonight. You desire that. You desire for us to repent and get things right. And so, Lord, whatever needs are present, help us tonight. We'll thank You for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand tonight. Miss Pam is at the piano. She's going to play. If you need to come, come. Dear friend, if you're here tonight without Christ, you need to come. Believer, maybe you're here tonight and you've been experiencing some chastening. And boy, you've experienced the pain. Hey, but there's profit that's going to come. There's profit. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hey, mom and dad, hang in there. Keep doing what you're doing. As long as you're doing what's right. And if you're not doing it, then just make a commitment tonight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to prove to my kids that I love them. I'm going to prove to my kids that they are my kids. That I don't hate them, but I love them. Joyous? No. Grievous? Yes. Righteous? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hey kids tonight, teenagers, let me speak to you a little bit. Hebrews 12 is is encouraging believers to receive the chastening of the Lord. When mom and dad have to chasten you, receive it. And be respectful and be honoring, knowing that they're doing it because it's going to yield peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life. It's profitable for you. Is it painful? Yes. But is it profitable? Absolutely. Only trust and obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Miss Pam's going to play one more stanza. Friend, if you need to come, would you come tonight? We're not going to prolong, but friend, if you need to come, I'd encourage you to do so. Maybe mom and dad sometime tonight you just get by yourself or maybe the two of you get by yourselves and say, God, give us mercy. God, we're trying and we're we're trying to do what Your Word says, but Father, we're still flesh and we fail. God, in those moments where we fail because of our flesh, God, give us grace and mercy. Give us Your favor. Don't give us that which we deserve. Amen. We're going to pray and be dismissed tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Jackie Moore to dismiss his parents, teenagers. uh, If you'll meet with me in the Home Builders class, If, uh, if you're going on the teen advance, we'll see you Wednesday night at 6.30. Brother Jackie, you dismiss us, please, sir.